Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Pop Cult Talk. I'm Josh. I'm Seth. And we've got a interesting list of things to talk about today. Got a bunch of comic book stuff. A lot of comic book stuff. May actually talk about some Marvel stuff today, because I know we've been having some DC-heavy podcasts recently. Yeah, Marvel's finally starting to gear up toward their three movies a little bit more this year, so... We've got some trailers to discuss. We're going to cover those in a new segment later on in the podcast. Right now, Seth's going to give us an update on the weekend box office result. All right, so the weekend of March 10th through the 12th, so by the time you're listening to this, it will have been last weekend, sitting in at number one with the estimated, because it's not final yet, the estimated of $61 million is Kong Skull Island. Which I'm kind of sad to hear that because I was hoping Logan would take it for another week, but yeah. I've also heard that Kong is a decent movie. Yeah. I'm interested to see it. I know that they're basically doing this so they can have him fight Godzilla. Because that's after Godzilla 2, that's the next movie they're doing. I believe they already have a writing crew together getting ready for the matchup, battle, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I did see that. I think they have seven man writer's room. So that'll be interesting. They had to change King Kong a little bit. Instead of more of like a traditional giant monkey, he's a little bit more humanoid. He's a little bit more, I guess, like the original 1933 version. Which is a little weird because changes they made with Godzilla kind of set it up so that he's a massive, massive dinosaur. Yeah, he's huge. And they had to change the size of King Kong, too, for them to be able to fight. I'm just waiting for the crossover when the Jaegers from Pacific Rim start coming in and fighting them. Because then it turns Rock'em Sock'em Robots versus <laughs> King Kong versus Godzilla. I'd, okay, I'd go see that. I mean, that sounds like <laughs> a giant mess, but I would definitely see it. It sounds like an utter mess and a lot of money, and maybe they'll make their money back, but... And too much CGI. So what's number two in the box office? Number two at the box office is Logan, with $37 million for this weekend. It has a total of $152 million at this point. Which I believe they've made their money back from production on the film. Yes, it had a budget of $97 million, which, of course, that doesn't count the marketing, but I don't remember seeing a ton of TV spots for it. Yeah, it was so. ma- mainly just posts on Instagram. Yeah, those That's black really, and white pictures. The black and white pictures that really got people excited for it. Which, I think, before we kind of talk about Logan, kind of non-spoilery real quick, like, I heard that James Mangold said he's working on a black and white version, like, to release. I would like that. Kind of do, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles original comics, where it was all black and white, except for the color red, and I was, you would see their sashes oh, as red. that would be so cool. And With then, the, the, like, the blood on his claws. Yeah, just red is the only color and that would be interesting to see i know the walking dead has done black and white before just because their comic books were also black and white Mm. and i haven't seen it yet so i'm not sure but i hear it was good yeah i absolutely loved logan it really it might even be in my top five favorite comic book movies of all time yeah i think i had to move some stuff around because it's definitely in my top five it's one of the movies that almost made me cry. And Same here. It was rough without getting too much into spoilers, but the end could potentially make you cry, so be prepared. Yeah, and I think everything in it was done well. Whenever there were quiet moments, you could find good spots in the quiet moments, and whenever he was going into his berserker rage, that was awesome too. And I noticed there was a couple times, or more than a couple times, there was a few times where I'm like, Wolverine's really doing stuff. He's playing a role that he's never really done before. 
Because like he's having to take care of Professor X. He's having to play Papa Logan. Yeah. Old Man Logan. Old Man Logan. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a clip Hugh Jackman posted on Instagram and Twitter of him doing the ADR for a scene in Logan. And if, if you've seen the movie, I would go ahead and find that clip and watch it real quick. And just see the emotion he puts into that character. Yeah, even in a recording studio. Even in a recording studio where he's not actually doing the action. He's putting everything every bit of emotion into that character. I'm just sad, like, we're not going to get to see him as Wolverine anymore. No, and I don't want to keep thinking about it because it's going to make me cry. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone can play him like Hugh Jackman has. No. I mean, I'm sure other people can be a good Wolverine, but I don't think anybody is going to be Hugh Jackman Wolverine. I mean, after 17 years, that by far is the best casting ever. Yeah, and to think whenever he was cast... People didn't like it. Like, yeah. they were like, how could you get this unknown? How could you get this guy who's done, like, some Broadway stuff to play Wolverine? Like, oh, he's too tall. Like, I mean, that's that's above Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark to me. Yeah. I mean, that's quality casting right there. Whoever was the casting director on the first X-Men movie, I hope they got a huge raise after that movie came out. Okay, number three at the box office this weekend is Get Out. It $21 million this weekend with a total gross $111 million, with only a $4.5 million budget, yeah. I might add. And that's also not even counting the foreign market, which hasn't opened up or may not even open up over there. I have yet to go out to see it. Seth, you said you saw it. Yes. And I need to take the time to go out and see it. Yes. No spoilers, just like we did with Logan. But I really liked it. It was good. It kind of played with your expectations a little bit. There was a couple parts where I kind of saw it coming. But I think there were a few parts where it almost like completely flipped it on its head for me and they did a good job of setting things up like going back and thinking about it they just some like offhand remarks or like just like little comments from these characters can like come back and pay off so you don't really think when you're going into it you don't really think you're gonna get anything like too awful special just because like it's a horror movie but i'd say it's more of a thriller and it's funny there's parts in it where it's really funny and it's not distracting there's this one character who's completely comic relief and he plays the main guy chris they he plays his best friend and he's hysterical anytime it cuts to him i was excited because he was kind of like separate from the action but he still found a way to be relevant and be funny and you know you kind of expected that with jordan peele who's directing it that put some comedy in there and i think it was all acted well i'm excited to see i'm not going to try to pronounce his name because i know i'll pronounce it wrong but the guy the main guy who played chris i'm excited to see what else he's in yeah daniel kalua was in an episode of black mirror Season 1, Episode 2, which I'm not going to get into that too much just because that's a great show. Another one I've started watching but haven't finished yet. But Get Out's the first thing I've ever seen him in, and it makes me excited to, like, to see what else he does. Like I want to see him in more stuff. I know he's going to be in Black Panther, so I think that'll be cool. But I, I enjoyed it. There was some parts where it was genuinely creepy. There were a couple jump scares, which, I mean, it's expected, but I think they were done well. And I think... Just overall, it's a really well done movie. All of the actors from top to bottom do a good job. And so I suggest if you haven't seen it yet, go see it. Same thing with Logan. If you haven't seen Logan, stop what you're doing right now and go go see it. Go see both of these. Make it a double feature. I'm also seeing that number four on the weekend box office was The Shack. Have you yes. seen The Shack? I have not. 
I haven't either, and I think this can be one to wait and see maybe down the road. Yeah, that could that might could be a dollar theater movie. That's either a dollar theater movie for me or wait for it to come out on Netflix. It had a, a ten million weekend gross and with a thirty two total gross. You know, it's based on the book by the same name. I've read bits and pieces of the book and I don't particularly care for it too much. Yeah, I heard the book was good. I haven't read the book. And number five, running out our top five at the box office this weekend, was the Lego Batman movie. It pulled in seven million and it has a total gross of 159 million. So I still haven't seen this yet. I want to. I've heard it's like one of the best movies just for even just like a regular comic book fan because they make so many references and stuff like that. And I really enjoyed the Lego movie. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoy the Lego movie. I mean, that was the first big introduction to Chris Pratt that a lot of moviegoers have seen. Mm. I will watch it at some point. I'm not going to rush out to see it, but I will watch it at some point. Yeah, that's on my list. Now that we're done talking about the box office numbers, let's get into what we've been up to these past two weeks since we weren't able to get together last week to record a podcast. But, Seth, what have you been doing the past two weeks? um... Basically, what I've been doing is I've seen, like I said in our last segment, I saw Logan and Get Out. And I will go ahead and mention I didn't have a good theater experience in Get Out. People were talking on their phones. People were texting. People were making comments. I'm going on a little bit of a rant because this annoys me so much. Yeah, we had to talk about this before the podcast because I had a similar experience when I went and saw Logan how there was a family with kids ranging from the ages of 2 to 10, and they were crying in parts of the movie. The parents were getting mad at them when it's the parents' fault, not the kids. And there there was a guy that was making comments during the movie. I just want to throw something at him, but I avoided to be nice. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that bothers me so much. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know why people think they can go to the theater and just talk, 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 talk at full volume, talk on the phone, like text and just stuff like that. That bothers me. Whenever I went to see La La Land, we had people, we had these three older ladies sitting behind us who would make a comment about literally everything. So that's that's basically all I've had time to watch in the past couple weeks. What about you? What are some things that you've seen? I haven't gone out to see many things besides Logan, but I've been in watching a lot of stuff on Netflix. I am on season two of The Great British Bake Off. Mm. I've been watching that as I am editing the podcast. It's just something to have on. And I really got into season one. I've already blazed through that. Um, Season two, it's taken me a little bit to get into these new contestants, but someone mentioned this to me months ago. Mm. And like over time, it kept being mentioned more and more and more. And I finally was like, oh, it really is on Netflix. I'll go ahead and watch this. Watched it and enjoyed it because it's British baking. They're all polite (laughs) and nice to each other. And they're making stuff that looks really, really good. Which I guess over time influenced me to make a 14-inch chocolate chip cookie Mm. which is extremely delicious and you probably have seen that on my instagram page (laughs) but i started watching futurama 
which is just okay. I haven't seen any of Futurama. Out of all the kind of adulterated cartoons out there, this is not the worst one. I mean, it's all sci-fi based. With <laughs> that doesn't sound like a glowing review. It's not the worst. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm saying it's not like super adulterated, so it's not yeah. cursing every oh, okay. second. I enjoy it. I think it's funny. It's got some bits where I definitely will laugh. Mm. It's definitely a sci-fi show. I mean, you're taking somebody from 1999 and taking him, freezing him in time, and then thawing him out in the year 3000. So he's living a thousand years in the future mm. and all the antics and such that happen through that. In my free time, I've been playing a little bit of Battlefield 1, Rainbow Six Siege, like I've been doing for the past month. Mm. And going back through the Batman Arkham games and finishing up the Riddler challenges and getting the Riddler trophies and all the riddles mm. so I can complete that game since I'm a completionist. Completed Arkham Asylum, going through Arkham City now to finish that up. Seth, is there anything else that you've been doing, playing, watching? That's a, that's about it. I haven't had too much time. You know, I haven't been back to The Walking Dead yet because you know, I started watching that. I'm in the middle of season two right now. I haven't gotten back to that yet, and for some reason, I I just hadn't had the, I don't know, I hadn't had the want to play video games, which is weird for me. Like, I know there was another guy I've talked to who said, like, he sometimes he goes through spells where he just doesn't want to play, and I've never had one before. Like, it's so weird. Like, I don't think I've played one, like, by myself since... Probably since, like, the first week of January. Hmm. Like, I don't know why. I, like, I had this thought. I'm like, I want to go back and play some more Arkham. I want to go back and play some more Watch Dogs 2 and uh, Just Cause 3 because I had that and I haven't even touched it. And I just, like, can't bring myself to do it for some... Like, I feel like I don't think I want to bad enough for some reason. And I've, I've been fine with it, but I just haven't been wanting to play any games. Which is weird because Horizon Zero Dawn just came out. And I was waiting for that game so bad, and like I wanted it and everything, and I'm, I'm I guess I'll wait till the price drops because, or I'll wait till I want to play games again because I'm not gonna go buy it and have it sit on my shelf, yeah, and just look at it. And that's how I've been with the Nintendo Switch. I want to play some of those games, but I'm not yeah. gonna invest the money to get the console mm -hmm. and then the games because I've seen people play One Two Switch, and I've seen a lot of fun had there. And then the new Zelda game, Breath of the Wild. Heard great things about that. Some frustrating things, but also some great things. Mm -hmm. Like, I've thought about getting the Switch, saving up some money, but I don't know. Yeah. Like, a lot of, like, the good games everyone's looking for is coming out in the fall. Yeah. So I'm thinking, maybe I can ask for it for Christmas. Maybe I want to play games by then. I hope so. I've got better things I could spend my money on right now, so Switch yeah. is, like, the last thing on my list. Yeah. I mean, if you guys want to buy us a Switch, we'll gladly take oh, it and yeah. play it, but I'm not asking for it. <laughs> uh, now we're going to move on into some movie news. Got like two weeks of news to catch up on, so we're going to talk about a couple things. Let's go ahead and start with Thor Ragnarok. I believe you're talking about the pictures that came out recently. Yes. Okay. From uh, Entertainment Weekly. They have their own cover, and they have... Really interesting. We haven't seen Thor like this in the Marvel Universe yet. Yeah. It's weird because I've like pulled up the picture and I'm like, he's got short hair. Didn't he have long hair last time we saw him? 
yeah, in the and makes me wonder what's happened in between the end of Doctor Strange and this movie that causes him to get a haircut. And one of those pictures you see, he has like face paint. Yeah. One of the pictures we see Loki, who's surrounded by very colorful characters, which he's not in his normal like garb, like he's green and gold. He's he looks like he fits among the rest of the people around. We see Jeff Goldblum as the Grand Master. Yeah, there's something on his lip. He needs to wipe that off, is it? Just like get a tissue or something. Yeah, like look like he was eating one of those ice pops. Like a blue went, ice pop and it just like... Drooled down and just stuck there. He just thought it would dry. <laughs> Which, I don't know too much about the Thor comics, but from what I've read or heard is that he's the same race as the Collector. I believe they're called the Elders or something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. He does kind of look like the Collector because... Benicio del Toro has that, that the same, same thing, thing on his lip, and he looks eccentric. Like he has like eyeshadow, and he's wearing like bright blue and bright red and gold. And yeah, I think this should probably give us a uh, a different look at the Marvel universe than we've had before. I mean, we've had a whole bunch of different looks, of different styles and stuff. You know, with the Guardians of the Galaxy and with Doctor Strange and stuff like that. But this seems even more different than we've ever seen yeah. before. And uh, one interesting thing I would like to point out also with Thor is that he does, in these pictures, he does not have his hammer. Yeah, which makes me think he's, this is all speculation. This is all stuff that I've just been thinking about. Don't think this is true or not. He's in a battle royale kind of thing. And that's what makes me think he got a haircut. And then... I think that's where Hulk might be, how he might figure into this. He may be going out to save Hulk and gets stuck there, gets a haircut, goes through Battle Royale a little bit, loses his hammer mm. by doing something wrong. The hammer flies off or something. Yeah. And he's now on a journey with Bruce Banner to go and find it. And I think another thing might be, I think there almost seems like, again, it's speculation because they really haven't said much, but it seems like they're going to kind of combine Planet Hulk and the Ragnarok storyline with like the end of all of the realms. Yeah. And I think that's what Kate uh, Blanchett's character, the main villain. Hella. I think the character of Hella that Kate Blanchett's playing, well, first of all, I didn't even recognize her. I didn't recognize her either. Like, she looks really cool. And I think she's going to be the one to try to, like, bring the end of the Nine Realms. And I think Hulk and Thor are part of their team up. Like, they're going to have to go and stop her. And another question is, you know, in the beginning, I don't know if it'll last the whole movie, but they're trying to find Odin. So, like, what are they trying to find Odin for? Like, will they find him? Like, will he be okay? Because... At the, you know, at the end of Thor 2, we see Loki is pretending to be Odin, and we don't know where Odin is. So I guess that's another thing that they can add to, to this movie. And I think the more and more I hear about it, and the more closer we get to Ragnarok, the more excited I get. Because mm-hmm. I didn't really like the first Thor movie. No, not a whole lot of people did, and I can't say I liked it either. The second one, I liked a little bit better, but not too much better. I liked the dark world more mm. i'd have to say because christopher eccleston was in it he played malekith but he was also doctor who at one point and i'm kind of wondering if thor's going to get his hammer back because i also saw this concept art from infinity war with thor and uh, rocket raccoon and thor still doesn't have his hammer which makes me think thanos has it which i don't want to confirm that but seeing these pictures and such do you think there's going to be an infinity stone in thor ragnarok i think 
Probably, because unless they're going to do the last Infinity Stone in the first Infinity War movie, we have Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok before Infinity War. Yeah. And, and so, James Gunn already said that there's no Infinity Stone in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It makes zero sense for there to be an Infinity Stone in Spider-Man Homecoming. And if they're not doing the last one in Infinity War, I think it, like, it has to be in Ragnarok. But that seems like a lot to put into one movie with Thor losing his hammer and finding Odin and having to stop into the Nine Realms. And on top of that, another Infinity Stone. So I'm actually leaning at this point. I think I talked myself out of it. I think I'm leaning toward them doing the last Infinity Stone in Infinity War. That's possible, but I've also heard that Kevin Feige says this is going to play a very important role in setting up Infinity War. So it makes me want to think we'll either have Thanos in action, like a mention of him, see his presence or something. He'll get up from the chair and do something. Hopefully. Which will be exciting because it's the first time we'll see him do anything. Except for putting a glove on, sitting in the chair turning around and kind of smiling like that's all we've seen i mean it's basically like he's doing his morning routine i don't want to see thanos doing his morning routine i want to see him do stuff actually Mm -hmm. like do something villainous i guess we will just have to wait to see what happens with thor ragnarok yeah that's that's what i'm looking for i'm getting more and more excited for it Okay, so the next bit of news we would like to talk about would be that Michael Kenneth Williams will be in the Han Solo movie. They haven't confirmed it, but they're basically saying that he's going to play the villain. If you don't know, Michael Kenneth Williams has been in movies like, well, he was in the Assassin's Creed movie. I was going to mention Assassin's Creed. Which we probably don't need to talk about. (laughs) He was in When the Bell Breaks, which we don't need to talk about that either. He was in Warwalk Empire. He was in the new Ghostbusters movie. Who's in Robocop? Purge Anarchy, 12 Years a Slave, which is probably one of his more iconic or esteemed roles. From what I know about him, he's played uh, good guys in a lot of stuff. So I think it'll be interesting to see him as a villain. I think he has what it takes. I also noticed that he was in The Wire. Okay. I haven't seen The Wire. I've heard amazing things about it. That's just 60 episodes of a show I haven't got into. (laughs) And you know, of course, with Star Wars fans being as crazy, I guess, as they can be, like crazy speculative, people have already said, like, oh wait, he has a scar on his forehead. What if he's Snoke? Which is, I think is ridiculous. That's ridiculous, but funny. Because all the Scar speculation has been hilarious on who's playing Snoke. Like that one stormtrooper from A New Hope that hits his head. Yep. They hit his head now has a scar, so he, he could play Snoke. That's it. I'm excited about this. It's, I think this just means that, to me, that the Han Solo movie is a little bit more real. You know, they started shooting already, and we know a lot of the cast, and so... Do I think we need a Han Solo movie? No, but I'm going to be there opening night, and I'm excited for it. Since we're already talking Star Wars, we can mention the fact that the shareholders for Disney have seen clips and such for The Last Jedi. And from descriptions and such, I'm not going to get into it because, one, I didn't read it. I (laughs) promised you guys I was not going to watch any of the trailers. And I consider any footage, reading about it or such, would spoil the movie for me, so I'm avoiding those two. Yeah, I guess Uh, when when it's time to talk about it, the trailers, you can go out of the room for a second. Yeah, I've already thought about how I'm going to handle that situation when it comes. Because I absolutely cannot not watch the trailers. I have to watch the trailers. I have to. I don't want to be spoiled. I don't want to find any information about it. I want to go in blind and just have no expectations and just get a good movie out of it. I enjoyed 
Rogue One. I enjoyed Force Awakens. At this point, I don't think I need to see a trailer. So I didn't mm. read anything online. This is all information you're telling me. I'm hoping it's a great movie. I'm sure it will be. I will find out later on when the movie comes out. You guys can go ahead and watch all the trailers you want. <laughs> yeah, of course, I read it. Because <laughs> I have to. I have to read every little thing. I think it's really interesting. I'm not going to go into any specifics. I thought it was really interesting in some of the shots. I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to see. So I don't know exactly why they let this guy tweet this stuff out, but they did, and so I'm pretty happy about it. I mean, this isn't a spoiler, so you'll sure you'll be fine with hearing this. Luke Skywalker said something. <gasps> well, he likes to say something, because he, he was so something. silent at the end of Force Awakens. I was wondering if he was going to ever speak again. <laughs> so he, in the close they said, he said something. I'm not going to tell you what he said. Okay. But he did say something in one of those clips. So it is confirmed that Luke Skywalker is not having a vowel of silence. No. He, he will be speaking. Unless this is his only line in the entire movie. I doubt it. Well, it would be a 100% increase in his lines from it, Force Awakens. It so that, would. that'll be an improvement. It definitely would. Unless there's anything else interesting about The Last Jedi you have, Seth, we'll go ahead and move on to the first pictures that were released for Mary Poppins Returns, which I did not realize he was in the movie, but I'm super excited that Lin-Manuel Miranda is in Mary Poppins. I literally fanned out just because I'm a huge Hamilton fan. I have yet to see the musical just because I don't have $1,000 to go to New York and get a ticket to see it. I would go there, sleep on the street just to watch the musical. (laughs) I can't say I'm a huge musical fan, but it's American history and it's rap. It's one of those albums I have on my phone that I will listen to any day. So to stop me from fanning out, we're going to talk about the pictures real quick. What do we know about Mary Poppins Returns so far? Well, um, so far we know some of the cast, and it has a good cast. You know, Emily Blunt's playing Mary Poppins. Lin-Manuel Miranda's playing a character named Jack. Meryl Streep's in this. Colin Firth, Angela Lansbury, Dick Van Dyke. Emily Mortimer. Yeah, so the little synopsis says, In Depression-era London, a now-grown Jane and Michael Banks, along with Michael's three children, are visited by uh, Mary Poppins, following a personal loss through her unique magical skills, and with the aid of her friend Jack, she helps the family. Seems like it's playing off the first one some. So it's going to be kind of a sequel, but... An age sequel. It'll be down the road a little bit. I'm just waiting for them to confirm that Mary Poppins is a Time Lord. (laughs) Because that bag, her bag is pretty much a TARDIS. I mean, it's definitely bigger on the inside, the way she pulls stuff out like Mm. that. One thing I'm looking here that automatically makes me a little bit sad (laughs) is that uh, I do not see Lin-Manuel Miranda's name in the music. Yeah, he may be uncredited. Because how can you have him on the movie and not... How can you have him in a musical and not have him involved? I'm sure they have him involved. They just haven't said, hey, yeah, he wrote like all the songs. We're <laughs> secretly putting it under somebody else's name so he, he doesn't get all the Oscars yet. Not yet. He's only 37. He has plenty of time to get all the Oscars. Yeah, he's got more than enough time. Well, I can't think of anything else to talk about with Mary Poppins Returns. What about you, Seth? Uh, that's just about all we know right now, so... Yeah, it's just all bits and snippets and two pictures of the back of Mary Poppins' head. I mean, I like the pictures. Yeah. They're cool. I mean... They look... Mary Poppins looks like Mary Poppins, so they... They do look Depression-era. Good production design. Yes, 
We'll stick with Disney for a minute and talk about something that makes me sad a little bit, just because it is messing with my childhood. <laughs> Disney is looking for leads for their live-action Aladdin. Um, <laughs> Aladdin was a very important part of my childhood. Genie was the man. I remember getting the VHS and the big plastic mm. boxes that they would always sell them in. I believe I wore the VHS out twice. Like, I've watched it so many times that... They had to buy two new copies to replace it. I have the Diamond Edition on Blu-ray. I've watched every special feature on that. Um, I cried like a baby when Robin Williams died. I don't know why they're wanting to do all these live-action movies. You starting back with Maleficent and doing Cinderella, Jungle Book. Then you got Beauty and the Beast coming out this year. We're talking about doing Dumbo with Tim Burton. To direct Dumbo, I believe Little Mermaid was talked about. Yeah. The Lion King's in production. Jungle Book Two, they're gonna do that. Jungle Jungle Book Two, it's just like what next? Are they gonna do Bambi? <laughs> if they do Bambi, that's gonna be really sad because all these kids are gonna get introduced to murder. <laughs> what about Fox and the Hound? Just Disney, stop messing with people's childhoods. There's no need. I understand you want to make money, but you're doing well. Original properties, very well. Yes, I am super excited for Incredibles 2, but you don't need to keep remaking movies that have already done. And I think one of the biggest problems about this is, like, what about the genie? Yeah. Because Robin Williams was such a huge part of it. Like, who could, who could you possibly get? There, There is no way I'm going to see this movie if it is made, because it was classic when it came out. I mean, Robin Williams was the first well-known comedian to voice an animated character. Mm. And there's no need to replace him. I will stand firm to that. I will fight somebody <laughs> if they tell me he was not a good genie. Because dang sure, you can never say that Shaquille O'Neal was great in Shazam because that genie is worth nothing to me. Okay, what about this? It would restrict the filmmakers a little bit, but what if they used a lot of like the original audio from Robin Williams playing the genie? Um, you'd have to talk to his daughter Zelda because you need to get approval from the family before you do that. But let's just say, like hypothetically, if they approved it and if they were going to do that, what would you think about that? Then to me, it's still remaking the movie in a live-action format. Yes, you want to get people or kids nowadays introduced to these characters because I'm sure, unless their parents introduced them to the classic Disney films, they never saw any of these. Maybe a good solution would be which I know Disney hadn't really done this before, but maybe a good solution would be for them to re-release some of these classic, like in theaters, for like even like a week or something. Yeah, I mean, you've re-released films a lot. You've re-released Frozen as a sing-along, which is one movie I've, I've yet to see. I've not seen Frozen. I have no interest to see Frozen. It's fine. See, that doesn't make me want to go out and see it. It's fine. I mean, it's not like... I could burn my leg and it could be fine, but I'm still not (laughs) going to... I'm still not excited for for my leg to be burned. I see your point. Yeah, I mean, you could skip Frozen. You're you're not missing anything. (laughs) Are you telling me I can let it go? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can let it go. Okay, where can we go from there? (laughs) I guess since we can't stop laughing, we'll just go ahead and cut into Deadpool. Um, we're not going to talk about the teaser that uh, that was released before Logan. We'll save that for our trailer talk segment at the end. But they're still working on getting things together for Deadpool too. They announced Zazie Beats, the actress that was on Alana, 
guys, I saw the pilot of Atlanta. I'm trying to get to the rest of the season, but I would go ahead and tell you to go watch it. But Zazie Beats was cast as Domino in Deadpool 2. I don't know much about her either. She hasn't been in a whole lot. She's in a movie coming up called Finding Her. She is in Atlanta. And other than that, I haven't heard of anything else she's been in. So I think she's a relatively unknown actress. Did not read the Deadpool comic book, so I don't know too much about Domino. Just reading around, I believe they're using her as a tie into the X-Force movie, which could be the sequel to Deadpool 2. And who knows, maybe Ryan Reynolds can convince Hugh Jackman to come back for it. I doubt it. Yeah, I think Domino is, if I remember correctly, I think Deadpool kind of has like a somewhat of like a romantic relationship with her at some point, maybe. She has probability manipulation as a power. Causes her to have good luck and her opponents to have bad luck, so they could play around with that and make it really funny in, in Deadpool. Yeah. Like I said, for an example, if debris is falling from the sky about to hit her head, she, she would still be hurt if she stood still. However, if she tried to avoid them, she would move perfectly to avoid each and every piece to hit her. And if she was to stand before, like, bullets, she would get hit, but she would take action to do it. So she can't just, like, stand there and things happen for her. So, enhanced agility and reflexes... She's a superb marksman, various firearms, highly skilled athlete, excellent swimmer. Um, they have confirmed that Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Colossus will be back for Deadpool 2. Good. Those two are awesome. I love Colossus. Yeah, I love their interaction. <laughs> Trying to turn Deadpool into a good guy. <laughs> nice try, Colossus. That's not going to happen. And I, I see that, of course, TJ Miller is going to be back as Weasel and... Uh, which you have to have them. They're back and forth. Yeah, they're back and forth banter with what Deadpool's face looks like now. Like, yeah. <laughs> hilarious. Even the, I think the special features were better, but they had to clean it up a little bit for the movie. Yeah, they wanted to actually be, be able to release it in theaters. And then they have the uh, the taxi driver yeah. coming back, which I think that'll be funny because I, I loved the little parts with him. Adds more side humor to it, but it was... Because he was just such like a nice innocent character like you could pay him with high fives yeah well i don't think you would originally pay him with high fives i think deadpool just paid him in high fives (laughs) and dopender just took it and did not try to fight for money because he knew he would have lost there has been a lot of rumors for who they're going to cast as cable Mm -hmm. a lot of names being thrown around like pierce brosnan yeah i've heard mel gibson Mel Gibson. I've heard Liam Neeson. I I have not heard Liam Neeson, but I have heard Russell Crowe. Stephen Lang's name was thrown around. I like that. I think he has the look for it. I think he could. I think he's a good actor. Uh, Ron Perlman was thrown around. Ooh, he might be good. So basically, get like a tough old guy. Uh, unless there's anything else you want to talk about with Deadpool two, we'll go ahead and cut into doing trailer talk. I think uh, we should stick with Deadpool two. You know. Yeah, we can go ahead and talk about the teaser that came out. For American audiences that have seen Logan already, you got the teaser before Logan. And then it was re- later released on YouTube where, well, Ryan Reynolds has already got the creepy mask back on for Deadpool and has to stop somebody getting mugged in an alley, runs to a phone booth, which <laughs> I still can't believe there's the phone booth in existence. I feel like that's in Canada somewhere where somebody had to... And he even mentions, like, I don't even find this around anymore. Yeah, and pulls Superman and changes to his outfit in the phone booth, and you get get a couple teases about Nathan Summers is coming soon. 
Yeah. One thing that I like that the mugging happened right outside a theater that was showing Logan. Yeah. And you had a Firefly poster thrown up on the wall, which I don't know if this is a reference to it or not. Maybe mm. that's teasing an actor who was in Firefly that's going to be in Deadpool 2. Or... Uh, is Nathan Fillion playing Cable? Is Adam Baldwin playing Cable? Is Sean Mayer playing Cable? Or are they just cutting to the fact that the actress that played Vanessa was also in Firefly. And this is like the way Fox is cutting her out of the movie because they have not announced her in the movie. So wondering what they're doing. Did they cancel her? If she's not in it, they can have Deadpool say something about it. Yeah. Um, Canceled her role like they canceled Firefly. (laughs) That would work. Also, another thing I thought was interesting was how they actually got the Superman music, like the John Williams score. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm wondering how they did that. Did I, don't, they just, I don't understand how they did that. Did they go over to Warner Brothers and say, hey, can we borrow this for a funny thing? Hope it's okay. Here's some money to pay for it. Or do you think they could use it since it's like parody? I've heard multiple ways. I mean, they haven't gotten in trouble yet, so I think it's, it's yeah. good. They've got it worked out some way. So it's funny. It was a funny addition. Of course, Deadpool's too late. The guy gets shot and killed. Yeah. He talks to himself while laying on his body eating ice cream. Yeah. Like a straight-up weirdo that he is. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think... It didn't blow my socks off, but it was funny. Yeah. It teased you. It it got you excited for Deadpool. And then I like at the end how it said, not soon enough. Yeah. Another trailer that came out... Seth, you actually mentioned this, and I didn't realize that Mm. it came out until this morning, but it came out yesterday. The new Wonder Woman trailer came out. Yeah. And it's gotten me a little more excited. I'm not planning to see it opening night still, but that could change between now and then. Only three months away. Yeah. Believe it or not. Finally (laughs) getting a second trailer, which we're still waiting on uh, Justice League there, Zack Snyder. But (laughs) I think they're waiting until after Wonder Woman. Yeah, they they may show the Justice League trailer during Wonder Woman. Like, they are going to come down with a sledgehammer once Wonder Woman comes out with marketing stuff. Yeah. And I enjoyed this trailer. I was excited for it anyway, but I think this trailer... It did show a lot of the same footage, maybe from like different angles. Yeah. We did have a few new shots and stuff, which I liked. One thing it kind of reminded me, they were saying, like, you're going to train her as hard as anyone, harder than anyone, harder than anyone's ever been trained before, and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, that kind of stuff with uh, Connie Nelson's character and uh, Wonder Woman. It really reminded me of Batman Begins mm-hmm. with Ra's al Ghul and Bruce Wayne, you know, fighting on the ice. Yeah, that was an interesting one. I'm wondering what they're going to do with Ares. I have questions about who her father is, because, I mean, her mother's Amazonian, so I'm wondering where she's getting these powers from. Yeah, I think about Ares, I mean, we haven't seen him in any of the trailers yet. We've had mention of him. There is one part where... She- one woman's got somebody throwing him up in the air and then lashing him back down. I'm wondering if that's Ares. That's not confirmed. It's hard to tell they in probably, that shot. They probably don't have him finished yet. Yeah. From what I've heard, I mean, your rumors and you know, from like toy leaks and stuff, that he's going to be part practical, part CGI. Mm-hmm. And like a week or so ago, there was like these toys that were released, or that weren't released, like there were like pictures leaked of them, of like their boxes and stuff. And they had one for like 
Chris Pine's character, Steve Trevor, and they had one for Wonder Woman, and they had like a little extra piece in it, and it looked like you collect all these different characters, and then you put it together, and it makes Ares. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be interesting. It makes sense. You know, it takes place during World War One. It makes sense that Ares, the god of war, will be like behind it. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I hope he shows up. I hope he's more of a presence. Cause you, you know how how I like Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. But Doomsday at the end was just kind of like a thing at the end. Yeah, that was a shoe-in just to get them back together fighting something. Yeah, and I think it would be cool if they had Ares kind of throughout the movie instead of like show up at the end like, oh, here I am. Yeah. You know, kind of deal. I still like the Wonder Woman theme at oh, the end of the trailer. Oh my goodness, that is so cool. That's probably the best thing that came out of Batman vs. Superman for me. Just that music. Like, I love the score for any of these DC movies that we've had so far. And I think that's one thing, even if you are a Marvel fanboy, I think, like, and you like hate everything DC, I think one thing you really can say that DC has done better is the music. Yeah, I can say that I have I have more scores from DC movies than I do Marvel movies. Because, like, I can hum Superman's theme. Even oh. in the DCEU, I can hum I, Superman's theme. I can hum Batman's theme. Lex Luthor of Wonder Woman. Oh, like, you're talking about the newer Superman. I'm talking about the yeah, older Superman. I, I can do that, too. I can hum the John Williams theme. Mm-hmm. I can go through the Dark Knight theme. Oh, yeah. I do have, like, the soundtrack for Man of Steel. I think um, Superman's theme in Man of Steel is one of the most beautiful scores, like, ever. Like, I love it so much. Just with the piano at the beginning, and then it comes in all loud, and so I love it. It um, might be, like, sacrilege, but I think I like it more than John Williams. Oh, get out of here. Maybe. Get out of here. Maybe I do. There is... Hans Zimmer is doing a great job with the scores mm-hmm. as of recently. And he's going to continue to do well. John Williams does a great job, too. Oh, yeah. I think the only scores I have are the one for the original Avengers mm-hmm. and Guardians of the Galaxy. Both of those scores, they were something that I would probably listen to a lot. Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting them. I listened to, I think it's just the main theme from Avengers. Yeah, and that's, I like that. That's like the only one that people, at least I can remember... Yeah, like, I can't hum Iron Man's theme, which I could in the first one. What They just scrapped it. I yeah. loved it. The electric guitars and uh-huh. stuff. I think I might have even mentioned this on the podcast before, but there's was, there was a video talking about, like, why Marvel, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe's movies scores aren't that like aren't that distinctive distinctive or memorable so like you could probably just like look something like that up and it's, yeah I, it, I think i saw you post it on facebook one day and i watched it and i'm like well they do have a point because you can't really hum a song from any of the marvel movies i could name i could do the, the avengers one and that one little bit dc has done well with their scores yeah they associate a score with a character and I'm a huge music guy. Like I love scores and everything like that, and I play a couple instruments. And I I love music. I love scores. And so whenever a movie has a good score, like I listen for the score in a movie. I know some people like my mom. She doesn't notice the score. Like anytime I'm talking about like a score or whatever around her, she's like, I don't know how you know that. Like I don't know how you can do that. But like that's one of the things I listen for mm-hmm. when I'm watching a movie. And so I want a score to be memorable. And some, sometimes scores need to kind of be in the background and not be focused on. But sometimes, like what John Williams does, like sometimes the score needs to you know, kind of be front and center. All of the scores that he has done 
have done well. I mean, you've got Star, Star Wars, you've got Jurassic Park, you've got E.T., Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, Superman, Jaws, Jaws. All these scores that have been done top notch, extremely well, and these are all scores that I actually have. At one point, had the Star Wars, the original Star Wars score on vinyl, oh. but that happened to disappear when moving came around. But I would actually cry. I, I <laughs> may have. We're going to mention a couple more trailers real quick. The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 trailer came out a couple weeks back. It showed Kurt Russell in the human form of Ego, the Living Planet. Yeah. Didn't give us too much story. I mean, it straight up told us that Ego is Peter's father. People that are gold are the villains. I like that James Gunn's not giving us too much. I mean, if you want to dive deep into the trailers, you can find out more information. But I mean, at this point, it's hard to believe we're two months away from the movie. So, yeah. I mean, we're close enough, and we don't think we need a whole bunch of information. I think we know all that we need to know going into it. So, I think it'll be interesting seeing how they'll add like Yondu and Mantis to uh, the Guardians team. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking Mantis was hanging out with Ego. Yeah. Or they ended up meeting her through him. Mm-hmm. Since we're talking James Gunn real quick, and also mention the Belko experiment is coming out this upcoming weekend on Friday. I won't be able to get get to see it on Friday because I'm completely busy from 5 a.m. that day until 5 a.m. the next morning. Ooh. So I will try to get out that weekend to see it. I'm looking forward to that. I think that'll be interesting. I may have to do a double feature between that and Get Out so I can finally see that. That would be a really good double feature, I think. Yeah. I start, start out with Get Out, then go into Belko Experiment back-to-back like that. From what I've seen with the trailers and Belko Experiment and from seeing Get Out, that would be a very good double feature. Yeah. Talk about our last trailer real quick that came out also last night that I watched this morning. I had you watch it, Seth. Edgar Wright wrote and directed a film that was released at South by Southwest this past weekend. Premiered last night. The trailer came out for Baby Driver. It's very... It's not like anything he's done before. It's not like Scott Pilgrim. It's not like the Cornello trilogy. Mm. It's not like Spaced. It's very Americanized. Yeah. The trailer has a lot more action than what I was expecting mm-hmm. and a lot less comedy than what I was expecting. At least coming from Edgar Wright, I was expecting a little more funny, but I'm sure as the film goes along, we'll see more funny or something like that. Yeah, I could still kind of see his style in the trailer, like the way it was shot and stuff like that, but like you said, it is much more Americanized and it's it does have his style, but it is much different than anything else I've seen from him. And I'm wondering if Simon Pegg or Nick Frost are going to show up in the film at all. I hope so. I hope that you just like one snip second of them from Hot Fuzz show up. Yeah. And then cut back away. But the movie's coming out on August 11th. You've got Kevin Spacey, you got John Bernthal, you got John Hamm, you got Jamie Foxx, you got Ansel Aragort, you got Lily James, who I really didn't know was in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, or Cinderella. But. With it being Edgar Wright, I'm excited for it automatically. This is something that he made since he was dropped from Ant-Man. So I'm ready for him to show up and just say, hey, you screwed me over with Ant-Man. So now I'm going to make an amazing movie that's going to be one of your movies coming out this year. So I'm on board. Yeah, I'm completely on board. I believe Edgar Wright was one of the directors that I mentioned in my all-time favorites. Yeah, I think he was. 
The mm. trailer has a funny bit where they're talking about a Michael Michael Myers Halloween mask. I'd go ahead and check it out just for that clip because it was funny. Yeah, I think this has an amazing cast. I think it looks awesome. The premise is cool. I think it's an interesting kind of dynamic how your main character was in a car crash when he was young and now he drives a car yeah. dangerously, dangerously for a living. And so I think it'll be interesting to see kind of like what he kind of gets mixed up with in the movie. And like I love John Bernthal. I love when he's in anything. And I love Kevin Spacey. I love it. Anytime he pops up in anything. And he's playing the villain in this. So I think that's a perfect role for him. So I'm completely on board. I was smiling the whole way through the trailer. It was really good. I'm looking forward to this. Anything else you want to talk about, Seth? I think that'll probably do it. Okay. We'll go ahead and wrap up this episode. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. It's getting uploaded there right after SoundCloud. So so you can check it out there. Subscribe. Leave a comment or review there. If you do leave a five-star review, we will read your review on the podcast. And you can go to our Twitter and Instagram at Pop Cult Talk, and if you have any questions for us, we might can address them on the show. And if you have questions, comments, concerns, snide remarks, feel free to send us an email. Our email is popculttalk at gmail.com. We didn't do this this episode, but we've got a couple emails we can respond to podcast next time. We were just overloaded with trying to catch up on news this week. If you guys do have questions, keep sending them in, and we will get to them next week. And remember, guys, I'm Josh. I'm Seth. And we will see you next time.